0: it got a little more personal. You know, we often hear about personal ministry. Well, this is telling us a lot more about uh, personal ministry and what it uh, calls from us. So the first paragraph, it says a distinct work is assigned to every, every Christian. Why do you think it says a distinct work is assigned to every Christian?
1: I kind of feel like that's based on the individual's ability. Because I may not have the ability to to sing, to give you a message through song, but I may have the ability to read something and to sit down and discuss it with you. And so I think when it says distinct, it's meaning that it's just for you. It's not for anybody else. God is personally dealing with you on what he has given you, your gift, your talent, and and the Holy Spirit will lead you to use it
0: excellent excellent anyone else a distinct work
2: well i think, I think that um that um god has several members of the church he, he 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 compares the church to the human body and each one has a distinct function and so he created us all different he didn't create us all to be exactly alike like cookie cutters. So that we all have the same gifts and talents and abilities and so because of that then different ones of us can reach different people
3: mm-hmm. and especially
2: those in our sphere because you know for instance i may know the people that i work around but you don't know them or vice versa you know well you can't reach the people who don't know I can reach the people that I know. You can reach the people that you know potentially. So
0: another excellent point. Lakita, you had a comment?
4: No, I agree with both of those.
0: Yeah. It's pretty amazing that there are so many, so many individuals on the planet, and God has blessed each of us with a specific, distinct work to reach others for his service. When you think about how many plants there are in this world, how many flowers they're on this world, the Lord could have just made one plant, and that'd be it, the whole world be covered with one type of plant, but he has all these different plants, all these different flowers, and like you said about reaching people, Karen, certain flowers attract certain type of birds and bees, bees, Certain, certain plants attract certain type of insects, and they all do different things, and the insects are attracted to a certain flower for a specific specific reason, so when you are out reaching people and witnessing and talking to folks, don't be discouraged. Just know that God is giving you a gift to reach certain people. And just because I can't reach the people that you can reach doesn't mean that I don't have a blessing and a privilege to serve the Lord reaching whoever I can reach. And Lakita, she had, Amen. A, had an interesting experience working with someone on the radio show that she uh, makes a good point about reaching different people
4: uh, okay so when I was on a, a radio show with Elder French and not to be um like mean towards anybody but just sharing well Elder French he didn't really speak in clear English you know he had like a broken English pattern going on and it was very annoying to me because I thought you <laughs> could be all educated and whatnot so I was complaining to Lee and I was like okay today is the day I'm going to tell him he kept messing up my name—Buckita, Mukita, Akita, Rakita—every every five minutes. It was a different <laughs> name. He was calling me online, so I said, "Oh no, nah, he's <laughs> gonna get it." <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so I was gonna—I was just yeah, set to tell him a thing or two—and um, this guy called. You know, like, we were getting ready to leave, and this guy called, and he was like, uh, "Um, I won't beat the uh um uh, who are on radio." I was like. Oh, I was already not you. I done th- the man, <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, okay." And so the Holy Spirit said, "See, it takes all kinds to reach. Everybody can't be the same, and everybody don't speak the same language. So you have to um, just respect that. You know, he doesn't speak like you, but he's reaching somebody."
2: Yeah. So that was the end
4: of it. But I also have to say this, to add, you know, fuel to that fire. You know, of course, I backed up off of that. Then one day, not too long after that, uh, Elder French said, "Akita." And then, of course, I was annoyed. I was like, "What?" <laughs> He's like, "You know, you uh, uh, you fit in." I said, "What? What are you talking about?" He said, "You fit in." And I was like, "What?" You? And, and I said, "What? Well, what do you mean?" He said, "You fit in with rich people, and you fit in with poor people. You fit in with." Smart people and with dumb people. You just fit in. What a compliment. Yeah. I felt so bad. I felt like, wow, you know, just here this person is just accepting me as I am and just really, um, you know, kind of pouring into me. And then I was all like, you better be this way or else <laughs> I'm going to, you know. So I really settled down and appreciated the time that I had on the radio with him. Amen. Amen.
0: Yeah. So again, everybody's different. And like you said, Patsy, you might not be able to sing. I can't sing. Other people can't sing, but we can do other things to move forward the work of God. So, you know, every time we we ask people at church, we'll say, uh, raise your hand if you have a talent for the Lord. And people are so slow to raise their hands. Everybody has a talent. Maybe you just haven't figured out what it is. But all of us have been given a gift that we can reach other people and let them know about what God has done for us and what he wants to do for them as well. So don't ever sell yourself short. God has already put in you something special and a distinct work as it said is assigned to you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh next paragraph it says God requires how many people to be a worker in his vineyard? Everyone. everyone. That's right. Everyone. everyone. You you know you can't be a lazy Christian. God has called us to be workers in his vineyard, So you don't just get to come to church, sit on nice cushiony pews and enjoy the music. We also have a work to do in the vineyard. That's going out, going, go ye therefore, teaching and preaching to other people about the love of Christ. And it says we're to take up the work that has been placed in your charge, like we're talking about what God has given you to do and to do it faithfully. So don't just do, you know, we don't want to be haphazard and slipshod in our work, but God calls us to be faithful in doing our work. How would you consider uh, doing your work faithful? What would you consider being a faithful worker?
2: Well, I think, uh, uh, first of all, when God puts something in your heart to do, you don't delay in doing it. That's number. That's one of the things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call. Amen. So, you know, uh, when, when Moses was called, he, he hemmed and hawed and stammered and said, well, I can't, I can't speak very well now, which was kind of crazy to me, because he was highly educated to be the next Pharaoh of Egypt.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So for him to say that was crazy. He was trained in several languages. He was, you know, he had the best education that Egypt could offer. And yet he he, he said, I can't, I, can, I, 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 I I don't speak well. I don't, you know. And so mm-hmm. I think that as long as we are willing, God will take, he will, com, he will how does it go? He will combine divine power with human effort mm-hmm. to accomplish his purposes.
0: Amen to that. But I do but, think
1: too, mm-hmm. sometimes God has, has to, to get our attention and because we feel like we're unworthy. But what we, don't fit, what we don't understand is we're unworthy, but if God puts something before us, Him and the Holy Spirit is going to be there.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what Karen said. And I, I
1: agree <laughs> when you talk about what do you mean at the work when you do something, do it, you know, do it faithfully. You know, I, I often look at sometimes, you know, as a teacher that I would tell a student, You know, I'm walking around the room and I'm helping. I say, I'll get back to you in just a minute. And by the time I'm, you know, working and helping somebody else, I forget. And that student is just like, you know, evidently she don't think I'm important enough to even get back to. And then, you know, I have to remind them. If I told you I'm going to get back to you and I didn't, you know, say, hey, you know, catch my attention. Miss Harper, you forgot me. And it, and so, you are you know, like I, I got a system where they had to hold up some numbers. And when I seen the numbers flashing in the air, I mean, I forgot them. But, you know, it sometimes we do it and we don't think about it. We do something we like, OK, I'm just going to do this much and then I'll come back, especially with house cleaning. you never get back to it so when god says be faithful he expects us once we start doing what he's asked us to do and the holy spirit is leading us you don't just stop in the middle and say i'll come back later
0: Mm, amen
5: you know
4: um some years ago talking about being faithful as a as a military evangelist you know i would be paired with somebody we would go off so this time i was paired with wilson what's her first name mary mary wilson so um Mary, you know, we was doing every other house, taking turns and stuff. And my stuff was bombing. I was falling flat on my face, you know, not getting anybody, you know. And she kind of seemed like I don't know if she was getting anybody, but her attitude was better. And so um, she said, this you, you, Lakita." And I was like, I don't want it. And she was <laughs> like, she's like, you sure? I said, no, I don't want it. I said, I'm tired of this. You know, um, I'm she talking about. She said, but it's your turn. I said, you you do it, you know, and just leave me alone and stuff. And so she said, okay, okay, you know. Now, Mary was another person who had a different pattern of speech, you know, you can't, if you, um, you gotta pay attention to her because sometimes she's saying some, some very deep stuff and her thoughts aren't always connected. So you have to be willing to make a leap, you know, with her, you know, and stuff. So I was like, she's not going to get anything, you know, I, I really hear some bad ne- negative vibes going on. So I'm not even going to all the bad things I was thinking. So, um, so anyway, we go in this house and she stumbles all through this, you know, presentation. It was terrible, horrible. I don't know how this woman heard anything she said. And so she said, like, oh, I like those books. I was like, what? <laughs> she, said, <laughs> she said, how much is it? And then Mary was stumbling around with the words and stuff, and she said the number, but I was thinking that woman don't know what she's saying. And this woman pulls out, up, and we were in the middle of the city, like out on Natural Bridge somewhere, you know, and she pulls out a checkbook, and she wrote a $244 check, and you're talking about hurt, I was so hurt, Ooh. and Mary said, uh, Keita, uh, so Kita." this yours this yours. you you have it. you i said no you know i mean i'm not i said you did the work you get the sale and really you know the holy spirit was like and so you should have a better attitude next time. <laughs> you know, so, but, uh, <laughs> i said no you did it mary you know and stuff and um our cheers was in my eyes and stuff because i felt i didn't feel sad because i didn't make the money but sad because my attitude she had such a good attitude and my attitude was so poor and I was so negative thinking about her and just everything in general. So I'm just learning the Lord helping me. I just
0: think that help. brings out a good point about our attitudes. When we have the right attitude, mm-hmm. it will help us to be more faithful. Mm-hmm. So that even though mm-hmm. we're called to do certain things, uh, it doesn't matter what the weather is necessarily. It doesn't matter if it's a little cool out, you know, those type of things. Because being a Christian is not uh, an act of convenience, you know, being faithful is not based on convenience, it's based on the principle and your desire to serve the Lord. So regardless of the situation, we're still called to do God's work. And um, that's a good story about that. And not,
4: You know, not looking at the outcome to determine the outcome is not ours. Only the work, you know, we're just supposed to go and do whatever right. God tells us to do. And then the outcome is in God's hands, you know, so I was wrong anyway, because I was trying to pretend like I was God controlling the outcome, you know, mm. why not the outcome should be a certain way. And when it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, I was ready to stop doing what God told me to do. So, it's God a lot, mercy. yeah, you know, it's a lot.
0: And uh, one of the things you, you always quote, Sister White says we should work disinterestedly. Yeah. Don't be interested in the outcome. Just do your work. Mm -hmm. Leave the outcome up to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Now, his next paragraph, it says, were or if, were every one of you a living missionary, the message for this time would speedily be proclaimed in all countries to every people, nation, and tongue. What exactly is a living missionary? (laughs)
4: Yeah, is... um, What's
0: a living missionary?
4: I think,
2: think, Lee, that it is... you, you. It's not so much that you're preaching sermons, you're living the life of a true Christian. And people see that. And, 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 and they, they aspire to be like that, which is really you being like Christ.
0: Okay, good. Anyone else? What's a living missionary?
1: Well, I think, too, when it says living, don't and, 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 and you gonna think this is crazy, but you got people that are Christians, but they're dead inside. So to me, mm-hmm. they're, they're they're not living; they're just I'm dead inside. So you know, if you're not going to come alive for God and, and put some energy into it on talking to someone, even calling someone, whoever you meet in the store, if you're going to be dead inside. They're gonna they're not going to be able to see you alive and, and be, you know, being able to understand, like Lakita said, she thought the lady didn't understand. There's gonna be people that say, Well, if the Christian gonna act like that, I don't wanna be no Christian, look at them. Mm. You understand mm. what I'm saying, everybody? Yeah. Hello? Does it make yeah. sense?
0: Yeah. Yes. That was a good point. You know, there are Christians who are dead inside. And how can we represent a living savior if we're dead inside? So Excellent points. Excellent.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It also then says every true disciple is born into the kingdom of God as a missionary. Now, many times, whenever we hear the word missionary, what do we think of first? Mm-hmm.
1: We think of they going overseas in the foreign country. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we always think a missionary has to go way across the ocean, you know, or way around the corner somewhere. But and and you don't have to go to school to be a missionary. They do have schools for missionaries, but every true disciple is born into the kingdom of God as a every.
5: missionary.
0: So what does that mean to us? If we're born into the kingdom of God as a missionary, what does that tell me? Because
2: he intends for every one of us to have a star to have a crown, first of all, and to have a star in our crown because we have
4: help someone else
1: make it in. Hmm. And if I'm correct, does a missionary also mean a messenger for Christ?
0: Yeah, missionaries, messengers. So we are, when we accept Christ, he calls us to be a missionary. You know, a lot of times people You know, they might get a fancy title and appoint themselves as minister or missionary. But when you accept Christ, he calls you to be his missionary. He calls you to be his ambassador. He calls you to be his apostle. He he calls you to be his representative. So we don't have to go to school for it. It's nice to go to school, pick up some more knowledge, you know, and uh, learn some techniques and strategies that will help you do your work. But you don't necessarily need that because as a missionary, you go and deliver the message of God and point people to Christ. Even if you don't go to any school, what can your first missionary message be?
1: Jesus loves
0: you when he for me. Yeah, what, you can tell people what God did for you. That, that can be your first message. God is love, he loved me, and I know he loves you too, so we don't have to go recite big sermons and speeches, just tell somebody, hey, let me tell you how God has blessed me because I know he'll bless you also, and you know, people are struggling nowadays. Everywhere you look, people struggling financially, physically, spiritually, mentally, all kinds of ways people are struggling, so everybody's looking for some hope for some good news. And if you go to somebody and say, hey, I know you're struggling. I was struggling too. Let me tell you how God blessed me because I know he'll bless you the same way. They want to hear that. You know, if you're struggling, you want somebody to say, you're going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. You know, LaKeita and I, we always laugh when we're maybe watching a medical show or something or, or read an article where the doctor gives a diagnosis And then the doctor's prognosis is bad. And the person says, tell me, doc, am I going to be okay? And the doctor says, no, you got two days to live. And (laughs) that's it. And then walks out of the room. And we always laugh and we're thinking, can't the doctor just give them some hope, some encouragement, just say something kind. You know, you don't know the outcome, even as a doctor, you don't know how God's going to bless them. And if you say, yeah, you're going to be fine, and they're not fine, they at least had good hope before they passed away. So what does it hurt? So let's... And you know, that's one reason... Go ahead, Patsy.
1: That's one reason why I think, you know, this class was so important to me because I, you know, I came out and said, I don't know a lot about Ellen White. And and it was just like, you're... Your your discipleship class was like, come and join us. And it wasn't that you guys were saying, we know more than you ever know. But you heard (laughs) cries for somebody saying, I don't know. And I don't know who to go to. And, And it's one thing. Once people start working with you as as giving their part of their missionary, because I kind of think this is a little on the missionary work, too, because you're Mm -hmm. giving us a message. You're helping us to understand. Then when we hear other people talking about Ellen White, like today when uh, Rodney was saying some stuff about Ellen White, I said, oh, I studied that. I studied that. But, you know, I didn't say it. But inside I was all happy. I was like, now I know what he's talking about because I studied it. And, and that's just a really good feeling that the Holy Spirit will bring it back. But you got to get it in. And if you don't know where to get it in, put it out there. Somebody is willing to, pull, to, uh, to do a hand of fellowship saying, this is how I did it. I went to this class and now, now I'm teaching the class. And if you want to join us, you open the doors for us to do that.
0: Amen. Amen. All of us in this class oh. are missionaries. We learn and then we share.
4: And I want to say this too, I'm sure maybe Lee's going to get to it anyway, but um, that first missionary effort is in the home, you know, it's your family members and stuff. And that's really important for us to realize that that that's where our first missionary
0: effort is. Amen. Amen. -hmm. Amen. And that's a good segue because that's the next uh, paragraph. As we receive from God, we become givers to give to others. And the next paragraph said, God expects what kind of service? Personal. Personal. Now, that's going to come back in just a little bit. But remember that, personal service. And then as we talked about, not everyone can go to be a missionary in foreign lands. But like Lakita just said, all of us, each one of us can be a missionary in our homes and in our families And in our neighborhoods, you know, start at home and go abroad, start at home and spread out. It sounds real fun to be a big missionary and get on a plane and zip over to the Bahamas or zip over to China or zoom down to South America and be a missionary. But what about your brothers and sisters in your own household? What about your children? What about your neighbors and your cousins and friends at work? Who's going to witness to them?
2: Yep.
0: Any other thoughts on being home missionaries? Why is it so hard to be a home missionary? Why does it seem so hard?
2: Because the prophet is not accepted in his own hometown.
0: <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Explain that to us.
2: Because people, because your family knows all of your faults and all the things that are wrong with you, and so when you try to tell them something, they're like, oh, "Okay, no, I remember when you blah 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 blah." Mm. you know and so it's very difficult to witness to your family when they know you and they know they've seen you and they've seen the things that you've done and so Mm. it's easier to go and speak to someone else who knows nothing about you except what you are presenting to them about christ
0: my goodness so
2: because even
1: sometimes too not only in your family you even have your your brothers and sisters in the church that If they, you know, if you want to join one of the ministries in the church and they're like, "Uh uh-uh, because I remember when such and such said you didn't do good with her ministry. So you kind of just say to yourself, it is an individual thing. So, Lord, you show me. Where you want me to do your 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 will at? But you know we have, like she said, when you got your family members and you got people that won't let you, you know, even though you took the sin to God and you've been forgiven by God, they won't let you (laughs) uh, let you forget it. So you have to say, Lord, maybe that's not the ministry you want me in, but you and the Holy Spirit lead me. Because you've given me a talent or a gift. We all have one. Show me. And I think that's the problem. Sometimes we don't ask God to show us. We just leaped into it. And then we say, this ain't for me. Well, you didn't consult the Lord and the Holy Spirit from the beginning.
2: Mm. So, Lee, uh, this morning in, in the Sabbath school lesson, there was one thing that struck me, and you mentioned it, is that the devil is a liar but how much of what he says about you when he's accusing you before God is actually a lie?
1: Because, <laughs> you like, know, the devil, I'm like, accuracy, first he he first. accurate because he do want to help you get there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. He saying. know, he
1: accurate because he helped you get there.
2: Amen. Yeah. I do know I, um, I, no, I don't It know would who, be a shame if everything the devil said about you to the Lord was true. <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: Pastor, I don't know who in this in, in the church don't need any help in their ministries. I mean, that's I don't know what's going on. They have enough help. And I've never heard of that before. But yeah, I guess it can happen.
0: Have mercy. Well, yeah, uh, have, go uh, ahead, Paula.
5: Hi. Happy Sabbath, everyone. Happy Sabbath. Um, that's true. When when you asked that question, Brother Carol, I followed that verse that uh Sister Karen said. And then I remembered. I've had like some of my best friends I came up with and through college and whatever. And, and we know where each other's skeletons are buried pretty much. And, or in each other's closet, I should say. But when I got re-baptized and came back to the Lord, I, I was like, how bad was I? They saw such a change in me that some of them actually um, start keeping the Sabbath or whatnot. It was, a, it, was it was a before and after, and I praise the Holy Spirit for that. But um, when we used to run together, together, I was the always like the designated driver because I didn't drink and I didn't do all this stuff. You know, I didn't do a lot of stuff they were doing, but I couldn't tell them anything because mm-hmm. I was going to the same places they were going. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even yeah. though. I was a girl, you know, you don't need to drink like that and you don't need to do this and that and the other. Well, you right here with me, even though I wasn't doing it. So I was right. not a good witness then, right. but after I sincerely, the Lord, the Lord brought me back and he truly changed me. They saw the difference and I didn't, it was so gradual to me, but it was like night and day to them. And I praise the Lord for that. Yeah, yeah I, I
4: too once um I would spend so many years wondering why you know my family didn't come into the church and so just being very honest. Um so it has been revealed to me that I have been judgmental. I didn't mean to be judgmental, you know. Uh sometimes we're offering off I me mean personally, offering advice. Nobody asked me for the advice, you know, and um it may come off to them in a different way other than what I intended for it. For it to come out too. So you know, even that is still trying to control the outcome of God's um, of God's providence, you know, wanting people to do it the way I want it to do. So I'm practicing just really listening to people and validating their feelings and just being, you know, and even talking to myself, like when I talk to my sister, now I might say, okay, I'm not her health coach, I'm not her therapist. I'm just a sister and I'm just going to do what sisters do. I'm just going to listen to her and hear what she has to say. And if she knows, she has any information, then I give it to her. And also, you know, maybe I'm going to try to find a word to say about the Lord that has, you know, that's not pointing out like her not knowing or whatever. But So sometimes it's in how we're communicating. And I'm just glad the Lord showed me that, you know, my communication has been a hindrance, and I need
0: to be more careful with what I'm saying. Amen. And what everyone's been talking about is being a living missionary, being a living witness, so that when you don't have the the, uh, faith or the, the boldness to speak up to your family, be a living missionary. Just let them see what you do and how you act and the words you speak. As the scripture says, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So like in Paula's example, her friends saw the change in her life, and God was glorified by that. And Lakita's talking about her ministry to her family, and they see difference in her. And Karen's talking about the family also, and that is tough, but they see the type of person you are. And that says a whole lot more than words. I really like this little phrase that says, to witness, go out and witness to people and if you have to use words, so just let your light shine and be a living missionary. It then uh, talks about all of us going out into the world preaching the gospel, and it says God's power was w- to go with them. What good are we without God's power?
1: Nothing. No good.
0: None at all. That means. We, me, that means we.
1: We're trying to do stuff on our own. And when we do things on our own, we know we mess it up.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. We mess it up. We say the wrong things, do the wrong things. And if you're out there on under your own power and thinking that you know it all, your opinion no better than mine. Mm-hmm. But when you're out there and you're preaching the word and talking about the love of Christ and the Holy Spirit is working with you, now it's a difference because now you have divine power on your side. And that's where the power comes from. It's not from the words we speak, it's from the Holy Spirit's presence, convicting and convincing people of sin. So without God's power with us, we just might as well sit down, which is why it's always important for us in our church outreach efforts, we need to pray for enlightenment first, before you ever step foot out into the community, We need to pray for the plans, we need to pray for the desire and the energy and the right people and the location. You gotta pray for God to be involved in leading in every aspect of it. Otherwise you are just out there getting some exercise. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And it says in chapters 10.1, paragraph 10.1, to save souls should be the life work of everyone who professes Christ. What is that saying to you when it says to save souls should be the life work?
1: Elder Carroll, that's my first question. I I was raised, and I guess you know we're still in a little town back in Muncie. We were raised that we never say to save souls. We are to plant the seed because God saves souls. So I'm saying, is it wrong to say we're saving souls? Because I guess in my mind we're not really saving. We're planting a little mustard seed
0: that will lead them to Christ. Okay. What do y'all think about that? Patsy's question.
4: I think Pats, Patsy is right um, that we don't save souls. We just plant the seeds. But I think the goal um, here I'm thinking uh, we have been taken for granted that she was saying that we are to do the things that will bring people to the uh, determination that they want to be saved. And that's what what we should be, you know, I don't like to use the word should, but that's our life for, that's that's, that's what brings us our greatest joy is the fact that we are um, cooperating with God to bring souls Mm -hmm. to him. We can't save souls. You're absolutely right about that. I
0: think
4: think that's
2: that's good.
0: Go ahead, Karen.
2: And I was going to say and exerting an influence for good on others around us.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I like your word, Lakita, cooperating with God. Everybody, all of us on here know that without God, we can't do anything, period. And Karen mentioned it's a combination of the human and the divine. Without that combination, nothing's going to happen. So honestly, truthfully, yes, the Holy Spirit is the one who leads to salvation and, and converts souls. But we have a part to play in it. Uh, recently, we were reading in our Sabbath school, and the question was, "Why didn't God use the angels to spread the gospel?" Eric, y'all, y'all probably remember we did, had discussions about that because He because left.
1: God wanted us to have a part in it.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And when, and
1: when you have a part in something, you take ownership with it, and you have pride in it. So if we, ta- if we're doing what God asks us to do, we're showing God, "I love you, and I'm there with you."
0: Yeah, you just answered your own question. We're there, we're with God, we're taking a part in it. It's a privilege to be involved in soul winning for Christ. And that's talking about should be the life work. That should be our greatest desire. That should be where all of our uh, decisions are leading us to, is to be a part of saving souls for the kingdom. You know, so... There's a lot of people on the planet sad to say their only goal in life and their only life work is to make money or to get fame and fortune or to do some other earthly, uh, earthly activities. But the greatest desire of anyone who calls himself a Christian should be to see other souls saved in God's kingdom and to have a part to play in that work. Now, we had mentioned, I had mentioned, uh, we had said it up earlier about personal ministry. And I said, we're going to come back to that a little bit later. So here we are in paragraph 10.2. So we, we know that we're called to be personal ministers, And then it says everywhere there's a tendency to substitute the work of organizations for individual effort. So as a church family, As a church organization, is it okay to go out into the community as a group and to witness and to do missionary work? Absolutely. You said yeah? Yes. Okay, what happened to personal ministry? How does that work with personal ministry?
2: Because that doesn't excuse us from... We're, um, um, letting our light so shine before those that are we are closest to and around us in our home and our coworkers. That's an individual work.
0: Hmm. Lakita, what were you saying?
4: I agree with Karen that, you know, um, even I think even when we go out as a group, you know, of people, then we still doing personal ministries because we're still in the, independently working um, with a person one-on-one. So it's still kind it's still personal ministries and stuff well, okay cause that was my,
1: that was my second question when it got down to what it said it's not to be left up to committees or organized charities now i'm going to try to get this clear in my mind we are it's okay when we go out in groups to go ahead and spread the gospel, whether we're passing out literature or we talk to the people, but we also are is this what it's saying we also have a personal individual thing that we should be doing for Christ too so am I am I am I getting the the concept right
0: Mm -hmm. yes sounds good but
4: you know you know what Patsy I think one thing I I think about is sometimes when we think about personal ministries uh, and we have to do something but see I don't think of ministry that way and I think somebody said it like this we should all witness and sometimes we should use words but your life is the is your witness. Your everyday living it the be way your you witness. Live. Say that again. Okay. Okay. It be your witness. Yeah, I mean it is your witness, whether it's a good one or <laughs> well, a bad one. You know what I'm true. saying? So you know, you just your living. You know, when you when you drive someone to the store because, or invite a girlfriend over for you know, tea or, or whatever, and you guys get on the subject of talking about the Bible or, you know, you have prayer with your friend, you know, sometimes to me, it, it seems like we have witness over here and our lives over there. No, our life is the witness. So what we do counts, everything that we do counts in terms of witnessing for God.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Okay, that, that that now that helps clear it up. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and it's it's very true. Sometimes our churches do corporate missionary work. So, for example, if your church uh, does a concert, a gospel concert, and everybody's up there singing, and then that's the end of it, and everybody goes home, that's like corporate ministry, where you had a group of people ministering all at once. But even if you go out as a group in the community, uh, I think Lakita was pointing out that The whole group of people don't knock on one door. You knock on a door and somebody else knocks on another door. So now you are an individual doing personal witnessing. So it always comes down to personal ministry. Many times Jesus preached sermons to a lot of people at once, but he really liked meeting people by themselves where he can personally get to talk to them, personally find out what's going on in, in their lives personally find out what their needs are, and then personally invite them to follow him. So, yeah, we do um, things as a church organization, things as a group. But uh, Karen mentioned that does not excuse us from still being active as an individual, sharing the love of Christ with others. So it's two two blessings, really, one as a group and then personally. And then it says also one of the reasons why we want to have personal ministry is so that our hearts will stay warm with the love of Christ. If I never personally talk to people and I'm just in a group, is, is you, we tend to not really connect with people and our hearts can grow cold and we don't have that real empathy for what other people are going through. But if I sit down and talk to you and find out what's going on in your life, uh, how did you come to this point in life? What can I do to assist you? it brings that person closer, it brings two individuals closer, and our hearts can connect on that level, so we want to remember that we're called to be personal ministries, we can't just drop the personal individual work, and only do things as a group, as a church, at the last paragraph,
4: but hold on for a moment, Mm -hmm. so we talk about the corporate, I'm talking about corporate ministries, sometimes I think, you know, it's like we look over and we see Adria and we say, oh, okay, I don't have to do nothing because Adria got that going on over there. Or, you know, we just we just not doing, you know, anything. I, I don't look at it as the ch- what the church does together collectively because that's still to me individual you know if if we say we're going to have a clothing drive each person has to be involved who who is involved so they are doing personal ministry but it's kind of like well we can lay back I don't have to do nothing because we have agile I don't have to do anything because we have hospitals and schools and you know it's not required of me to do anything because you know well personal ministries over there that's their job to do that and that's health and temperance job over there to do that I don't have to do anything
0: that's what I think, you know, they're talking about. It's- yeah. And on um, 10.2, paragraph 10.2, towards the bottom it says, Christ commits to his followers an individual work. We already went over that. A work that cannot be done by proxy, or like Lakita's saying, big organizations do it so I don't have to do anything. That's not true. Even it says, ministry to the sick and the poor, the giving of the gospel to the lost is not to be left to committees or organized charities, not to be left to them, not that they can't do something also, but it says individual responsibility, individual effort, personal sacrifice is a requirement of the gospel. And, you know, God's requiring us to be individually involved because that's how we, uh, that's how he can put his character into us. Mm -hmm. It gives us opportunity for our hearts to be softened feeling uh, and empathizing with other human beings and recognizing our own needs to be more like Christ. If it was just left up to the big organizations, you wouldn't have that opportunity to become more like Christ because it just wouldn't matter to you. So no matter how big our organizations get, no matter how big uh, the church committees and charities get, individual effort is a requirement of the gospel. And again, Doing one thing does not mean you don't uh, still that you can just get 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 away with the other. These things you ought to have done, but not left the other undone. So, yeah, as a group, good out there, but also as an individual, uh, remember God has given you an area that you can reach as an individual. Uh, Amen. Ten point four says to everyone: Work has been allotted, like we said. And no one can be a substitute for another. So here's a quick question. If God says to me, uh, Lee, the people, the people over on Main Street, they need someone to come by and, and give them some food. Should I just go and, and say, Karen, get some food and take it over to Main Street? The Lord told me <laughs> to, take, to get somebody to get the food out. Is that right? Is that what I should be doing?
2: Well, you know what? It's like you said, and like you just read, uh, God requires a personal effort and personal sacrifice on our hearts. Now, it could be, you know, that, that for whatever reason, you're not able to do it. I mean, a legitimate, really good reason. You're not able to do it at that moment, you know. Um, but God requires that personal, individual effort. Uh, I remember when we got a call from a guy, and Andre can tell this story better. Uh, we got a call from a guy that had come over from England, and he needed no. you know, South, South Africa. I'm sorry, and he was he was at the. He traveled you know, for 30,
3: thirty hours to get to three.
2: He had traveled for thirty hours to get to three ABN, and he had his weeks wrong or something, or days wrong or something, right?
3: He got here and he didn't have anywhere to
2: stay. He so, got here and he didn't have any place to stay, which I don't know why he couldn't have stayed at the cottages at 3ABN. Because but. then nobody was going
0: to kill him to the next day. Oh, okay. Anyway. That's
2: why I can tell the story. <laughs> yeah, Andre can tell the story better than me. But anyway, okay. Uh so he had a layover of time before our 3ABN was going to process him in or whatever. And um, so Andre got a call. Yeah, call charged yeah, we read at when well, he was at prayer meeting at church. He what did you answer the church phone?
0: Yeah. He answered the church phone. Wait a and, minute, wait a minute. Andre, why don't you just tell
2: it?
3: <laughs> 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 yeah, I was trying to fix something for my mother. That's why I was I wasn't able to talk. So anyway, I went and answered the phone at the church while we were at uh, Ebenezer. And the gentleman on the other end uh, basically said that he was in town to meet up with um, 3ABN. And so, of course, I tried to hand him off to the pastor, but the pastor wasn't there. So I told him uh, to call back and I'll see if I can get the pastor to to address his needs. Well, church was over with, and we were getting ready to leave out, and he uh, called back. So I gave him my phone number and I told him I was still try to, I kept trying to pass him off to the pastor. Well by the time we got home that evening, he called me back again, still stuck at the airport and the Holy Spirit said, this is not for the pastor. He keeps calling you back, mm-hmm. this is your person. So I said, you know what, let me get this man a room. So I got him a room at the day's end, actually for two nights and then 3ABN came and got him. But uh, we created a, a really tight bond with him, had him come over when he got finished with 3ABN. He came over to Ebenezer and gave us a real live mission story for church service, the next Sabbath. But I realized that even though he was calling for help, maybe from the church or the pastor or whatever, he was connected with me and the Holy Spirit was using me to help him. So a lot of times we might wanna push it off to someone else but that really is somebody that the Holy Spirit is sending to you personally to help them. And whether you push them off or not, they're going to come back. And I was glad that I allowed the Holy Spirit to use me in that manner and not keep pushing them off.
0: Amen. Amen. Beautiful example. Amen. No one Amen. Can be a substitute for someone else. When God has asked you to do something, he's expecting you to do it. Not go looking for a substitute. But um, that was a beautiful testimony. Amen. Anyone else have a testimony like that uh, where the Lord told them to do something?
4: Well, I have one. It wasn't told to me <laughs> to do it. And I think I said this before, but it just left a, uh, um, an impression on me about doing what God tells you to do. You know, when I was doing LE work and the person I was with, you know, was told to come back at this time tomorrow, right? Then they just decided to slow Poke around and blah, blah, blah. And even when I brought it to him, hey, they said come back at this time. Oh, I'll get there when I get there. Got there like 10, 12 minutes late. The person, like, oh, you know, you missed it. I told you to be here at three o'clock. <laughs> and so, you know, I was going to buy that with, I had the money right there waiting on you at three o'clock. You wasn't here. It's was like 312. He said, so, you know, you missed it. And so uh, I'm not buying it. But then my mm. little person that was buying something a lot less was like, I still won't Right. <laughs> And so, so, you know, when he tells us to do it, it is for us. We just don't know why all the time, why God is using us and stuff, right? But you know, it's for us to do.
0: It's all part of what we talked about in class today. Intimate relationship. We have to build an intimate relationship with God where when he says go, we go.
3: Mm Oh, that
0: you're doing it. So Patsy, you had a comment?
3: Yeah, I
1: said because you know. When Melinda gave me a call and said, you know, we're going to need a substitute teacher here, she said, because, you know, Miss Meeks was going to be gone for a month in November. And I was like, oh, well, since she got the lower, uh, you know, elementary kids, I said, well, maybe you need to get, and I gave her a name of another sister that that was at Northside that had retired from teaching. I said, she's probably way better than, with the, you know, with the, with the lower case. I said, because I was high school. And then Melinda said, I see you on Monday. <laughs> and yeah. you know how you say to yourself, okay. So I went in there, and I was like, it's been a while since I've even subbed in the elementary school. So in my mind, I was trying to be like Moses, tell the Lord, Lord, I don't do elementary; I'm high school. But once I got in there, you know, and I said, Miss Meeks, I mean, she was so kind to me, and she started showing me. She said, Now observe me for today, and I'm, i and I was just like, man, I could. I was trying to come up with all kinds of excuses.
0: Yeah. You know, one thing that would help us, all of us, to remember that when God calls you, he also enables you. So when he calls you to do something, he's giving you the ability to do it. He's Mm -hmm. giving you the ability. He's giving you the resources. All we have to do is step out on faith. Mm -hmm. And again, make our life work, that of soul winning for Christ. Now here we're talking about individual witnessing and stuff on paragraph 10.5 says we should all be workers together with God. Then it says no idlers are acknowledged as his servants. So, so what is that sentence saying? No idlers are acknowledged as his servant. What does that mean?
4: Well, you're not. I mean,
0: you're not serving him if you ain't doing
1: nothing. That's how- What's an idler? And I, I, like what, I like what Karen said. When you get to heaven, everybody's going to have a star in their crown or somebody that you told about the good news. Now, if you ain't going to do nothing, you ain't going to have no crown and you ain't going nowhere but right back here.
0: You're going to stay here on earth. Have mercy. Ashes to ashes. (laughs) So idler means people who aren't doing anything. So now here's the next question. It says the members of the church should individually, individually feel that the life and prosperity of the church are affected by their course of action. How is it that the life and prosperity of the church and we'll use uh, Alton Church and Tabernacle and Northside uh, local churches. How is your individual uh, connection with the church? How is your individual course of action affecting the church? How is what well, I'm doing or not doing affecting the church?
2: Well, so let me go to a story in the Bible about Aiken. And uh, they were... Uh, Told, the children of Israel were supposed to go and take Jericho, and they were supposed to march around it for seven days, and on the seventh day, march around seven times, and God would bring the walls down and give them the victory. But he told them, don't keep anything, don't take anything, don't kill all the people, everything. And Achan took uh, a, a, a priestly, uh, well, what was it, a Babylonian robe that he just thought it was just it was just marvelous in his sight. And he took gold and silver and he hit them in his tent. Well, when the children of Israel went out next to do battle with the people of AI, they lost miserably. And when when Joshua fell on his face before the Lord and said, okay, what's going on? What's wrong? And the Lord told him someone had sinned and that that had affected the whole congregation that had affected everyone. And so, That's just a lesson in how an individual's actions can affect everyone. Now, as it turns out, Achan and his family ended up being killed, but it still had affected the whole nation. And they were not able to um, obtain the victory in the next, well, the battle after Jericho because of what he had done.
0: Hmm. Okay. Anyone else with an example of how individual efforts and actions can affect the whole church? Yes.
4: Uh, <laughs> you know, it's clear with Tide and Offering. I was reading this week about a guy who says, um, he said he wrote four books during the pandemic and he wanted to self-publish these books. Of course, you have a big platform out there, people following him and stuff. So he wanted to do that. He wanted to uh, publish his book. And so he did what we call a crowd fund. And so he got, he wanted to do $1 million in, one in 30 days. He got $1 million in an hour and $15 million in 24 in 24 hours. And I think about our church and how we, you know, if we were all faithful, just doing what we're supposed to do regularly, you know, how we can all benefit so much from, you know, we wouldn't have to worry about, well, we need this particular light that costs $300 and. You know, somebody say Walmart got light bulbs for five dollars and why should we <laughs> spend three hundred dollars? You know, if we had fifteen million dollars in the bank because everybody is consistent with their tithing offering. Somebody said we need something. OK, it's a done deal. Someone houses, someone needs, you know, help with their house or plumbing, plumbing in the house or whatever. You know, it's a done deal. But we can't get the vision. We just can't. Yeah, get mercy. It. But, you know, I heard and I said, I know my brother. One of
1: my brothers was was Jehovah Witness, but I heard that the Jehovah Witness, they don't hire people to come in to repair. They use the people from the inside that have the skills to do do that kind of stuff. And I said, we as Adventists, we have so many people that have so many skills that even the simple little things, like she said, if the light bulbs or we have some electricity, electricity problems, we got people that have been retired as like as new, new plumbers and stuff. They have the skills. We just as a church need to connect with them.
0: Amen. And that's a good point too about how a person's individual efforts can be a blessing to the church also. How the church can be affected by their individual course of action.
3: Mm-hmm. It's
0: something for everyone to do. Uh, do you realize that tithe uh, the tithe and offering system the tithing offering plan of systematic benevolence is the original GoFundMe. <laughs> yeah. 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 All you got to do is put it out there. Hey, folks, here's what we're doing. And then people just come gladly to give return. Something for everybody to do. Every soul that believes God's truth is to stand and in their place and say, here I am, Lord, send me. And it's the privilege, it's not a bother, it's not a burden, it's not something to hate. It's a privilege of all of us, not only to look for the second coming of Christ, but to do our part to hasten the second coming of Christ, because the sooner he comes, the sooner we'll be out of this world of sin and on our way to glory in heaven. And never think that you're, you know, too too small or too insignificant or too this or too that every one of us has something to do in spreading the gospel message of Jesus Christ. So that's what we want to keep in mind. Every one of us and every person who calls himself a Christian has a work to do, uh, working and cooperating with God and his Holy spirit to win souls for the kingdom. Amen. Amen. All right. uh, Where are we at for next week?
2: So we are in Testimonies for the Church volume 1 chapter 93 usury.
0: Chapter 93 usury. What is definition of usury? So we can be ready. Interest. Interest.
2: Yeah, I'm taking interest on a loan.
0: Oh, okay, like financial interest. Okay. Ninety-
2: yeah, chapter 93.
0: Okay. We'll uh, close out with a word of prayer, and then we'll continue enjoying the Sabbath. Lakita, would you pray for?
4: Most honorable Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this Sabbath day, dear Lord. And Father, as we study and learn about our responsibility as Christians and in, in ministry, dear Father, we ask that you will help us to reach out to those who we love and who we care about and to those whom you put across in our pathways. We ask for more of the spirit of God. We desire, we beg and plead that the spirit of God will be within us. And so that we may have something to give to other people who do not do this by ourselves. So we thank you so much for hearing our prayers and for answering our prayers, Lord. And we look forward to this week to go
0: on, to continue our journey with you to heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks again amen. for everyone participating. Enjoy the rest of the Sabbath.